Welcome to Sourcing Journal Radio, our weekly check-in with apparel insiders and thought leaders, which spotlights a variety of topics currently driving change in the market. Welcome to Rivet Radio. I'm Edward Hertzman, the president of Sourcing Journal and Rivet. Today, we're speaking with James Bartle, the founder of Outland Denim, a certified B Corp company based in Australia and made in Cambodia. James, thank you for speaking with us today. Right, Eddie, thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be able to talk to you guys. So, so I just want to get right into it. So, so the reason you founded Outland Denim wasn't just that you wanted to start a denim brand, you know, right? Can you tell us what what really inspired you to to start this this this, this business? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a it was an odd way to start a fashion brand, to be honest. I um, it, and it all really started from watching the movie uh, Taken, the Liam Neeson film, where um, you know, it talked about uh, a young girl being abducted with her friend and sold. And, you know, I remember leaving the movies that night just being outraged that that these things happened around the world. I was so unaware of it. And a couple of years later, I had the opportunity to travel with a rescue agency who specialised in the identification and rescue of, of young girls that have been stolen and sold um, into um, human exploitation in a range of forms. And um, I, I saw a young girl on that trip that was, you know, she was a teenager and I could see that she was, you know, really scared and intimidated by, um, the line she stood in for sale, um, waiting for somebody to come and, and, um, yeah, buy her. And, you know, seeing something like that was a, you know, a life changing moment. And it just, it just rattled me that, that it could this could possibly be real that human beings would treat each other this way and you know as I started to research my wife like what the real problem was we went deeper and deeper and it just kept coming back to poverty and that this problem was an economic one and so we chose to work in Cambodia and that's where we set up and working with um, you know uh, survivors of you know exploitation again in a range of different forms um, to create something that could generate um, you know, generational change, change not just for them, but their families and their communities. And um, so then we set out on this journey to create this business model. That's um, <laughs> that's not the typical story you hear of uh, entrepreneurs, especially in the denim space. That's uh, something special and, and, and very noble. And um, um, I hope I hope a lot of people out there know, you know, that this is just not a another denim brand. That there's there's a there's a passion and a mission behind this, and uh, I know that you know, uh, in addition to to that being the inspiration, I know that also another big inspiration and 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 story behind your business is is sustainability, and and part of what resonates with with Outland is and your consumers is that your story of sustainability it, it feels rather authentic. Um, how did you build sustainability into the brand's DNA? You know, my personality is a little bit of an all or nothing. Um, and so for that reason, it's, it, it just had to be there. And it was partway along the journey that we started to learn about the environmental challenges that the fashion industry faced and that um, we'd chosen denim because we love the product. You know, I've always been passionate about denim. And, um, you know, that's the, the worst contributor within fashion to the environmental disasters that uh, we're creating. And so we knew that. We couldn't be um, uh, a responsible business without addressing issues. And as we looked into it, you know, there was there was some movement in the space of um, 
those wanting to be able to, you know, change the way that fashion is created. But certainly, um, you know, we had a long way to go. Um, and so we just said that we, we will commit to uh, innovating and coming up with new ways. And, you know, for us what that means is it's got to start um, in the field where the fibre's growing and then follow it all the way through the process um, through the to the denim mill and the dyeing processes. So using um, vegetable or organic dyes, and then um, how much water is used in those processes, and yeah, organic cotton, all the way through to then our finishing facilities, where we've been able to incorporate the latest technology that can reduce water, and we only use organic chemicals. Um, and the the outcome at the other end means a very different product to what you can generally buy on on um, your store shelves. So um, we're really proud of the product um, based on the fact that it's taken us nearly 10 years to get to this point where we would say we have the most sustainable product in the world. And that's based off of our social, um, environmental and economic impact. And it's really those three elements that make up something that's genuinely sustainable. Um, but we still as a brand have um, more work to do. You know, we're working on textile waste and um, we're working more on water filtration and um, the reuse of water, um, minimizing water in every way. And so that's important to us. So when people buy jeans uh, from our brand, they're not only buying, you know, you know, beautiful product and silhouettes that, that they're going to love for years, it's, it's they're buying this impact. And that's, that's honestly the byproduct of purchasing Outland Denim. Well, it, it certainly isn't every day, James, that you hear a denim brand wins an award for its efforts to end forced labor. But I know Outland Denim just did that when it received the Global Thomson Reuters 2020 Stop Slavery Enterprise Award last month. So congratulations on that. What, what's, what's your advice for brands that want to make a positive change, but they really don't know where to start? Yeah. Look, I, I think um, there's a there's a huge opportunity for brands now because consumers are moving quite quite quickly in uh, the direction of demanding to know where and how their products are made. They don't want to be a part of the problem. They want to be part of the solution. So I think it's fantastic that there is movement in this space and that brands are willing to um, start to look. But I understand how overwhelming it is. Um, where do you start? And for us, we, you know, you just start with the next thing that's in front of you. And it's not about being perfect overnight. It's just about making that move toward um, becoming a sustainable brand on on in its true form on the social, environmental, and economic um, measures. So, um, look, I think it's it's talking to those that have been there before. Um, my experience of the fashion industry is that it's full of amazing, generous, kind people and we do work as a bit of a community, although there's competition for sure between brands in the same categories. Um, I still haven't really experienced any of the cutthroat, you know, that you might expect. I've, I've just experienced brands wanting to help us and help us um, learn and, and, and move along. And so for us, we needed a lot of help in most, well, every area, but um, in particular in being able to get our product to a place where it's um, what it is today. Um, and we as a brand would also be willing to talk to those who want to move in this direction. Um, in fact, we're so committed to wanting to do that, that we are uh, working toward opening our factory up to start producing for brands that want to be able to have the similar impact to us. Um, and that's because we exist because we love our industry and we want it to be a part of creating genuine 
lasting change. And we've spent a lot of time and a lot of money on being able to find ways to do that. And now we'd be crazy if we didn't share that with the world. So do you guys own that factory? Yeah. So we own our factories. Um, yeah. And we knew we had to, to have that kind of control over it. So that we, um, that's very unique to hear someone, uh, in the, the apparel industry to actually own, um, you know, the whole supply chain. That's, um, that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, Did you start out with that factory or did you eventually move it, move into that facility? Yeah, so we we started um, by making the jeans, so employing people, making, learning to make, and having that kind of um, business model where we go back to the first tier, um, which is manufacturing, um, and then finding for the the prior uh, the tiers before that uh, the right partners. So for us, we use Bossa Denim in Turkey, um, and then we need to be able to then trace it back to farm uh, and identify if there's issues in that supply chain, that's a really, really hard thing to do. We've spent a, a lot of time on that. That's an ongoing process. Um, you know, being able to, you know, ensure that those people in your supply chain are being treated the right way and that no one's been exploited is a, is a really hard game. And um, like I say, you know, we've got to consistently invest into it. In fact, we're, we're looking for ways to invest into it in way more effective ways now. Um, and, you know, there's some great initiatives out there of, you know, entrepreneurs that are they're seeing the need, especially with the Modern Slavery Act being um, uh, passed uh, through legislation here in Australia. Um, the UK also have the, the same uh, similar legislation there, which means that, that larger companies need to be able to now start reporting on uh, things like slavery within their supply chain. So um, there's a lot of commercial opportunity for brands um, to be able to help in that in that regard now. Um, and our, our goal would just be to be a part of that process to be able to ensure that people buying our product and buying other people's products can, can rest assured that they're part of the solution rather than the problem. So there seems to be a lot of confusion around the certification process and a lot of confusion about certification just in general. I know you guys are a certified B Corp. Um, why is this certification in particular important to you and what was the process like to become a certified B Corporation? Look, I, I think it's a um, the, the water can get quite muddy when we start talking about certifications. But if we talk about B Corporation in particular, I um, I rate them really highly. It's a it's a reasonably robust um, application. Uh, it goes through lots of elements of your business, and to be honest, the greatest benefit I think that any company will find doing this process is they will find their weaknesses. Um, and it's not until we can identify those that we can ever change them. And for us, we identified so many weaknesses that we needed to start addressing, and um, we've consistently tried to address those things. Um, some of them are big, some of them are small, and um, getting that certification is a is a real milestone for us as a business. It was something that um, I guess said to the world that hey, these guys are committed to creating a better a better world. Um, and they've, they've, we've been audited and looked at by um, B Corporation, and um, you can have a level of confidence. Um, now, in, in like any of these certifications, it's, it's not a, um, a 100% um, you know, guarantee that, that brands or companies aren't doing the right thing, um, but it's an indication, um, like all certifications, it's an indication. Um, and, in fact, I think this, this area needs a lot of work. I think we need to... Um, really hone in on finding a way to be able to identify very quickly um, 
the the ethos behind the company, the standards that they hold themselves to, um, so that consumers can not have to go and do research before they buy every product because that's ridiculous. And unfortunately, um, we as a as a global community have slidden so far away from ethical conduct in business that now if a if a consumer wants to be a part of the solution, they actually have to research everything. Um, and I just find that appalling. So I'm really committed with my team to be able to address um, this particular issue. Um, and hopefully in the future, we'll be able to have um, a standard or a certification that says, hey, by buying this product with this standard or certification, this is the highest recommendation you could have on everything, which covers everything from um, you know your social and environmental and uh, economic impact, and make it easy for somebody to know what they're buying. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you think the Outland denim consumer, the consumer, thinks about the environmental and social impact of their jeans? Well, that that varies a lot. I think there'd I know be it's a, a tough question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's there's a huge amount that that wouldn't think about it at all. I would imagine. Um, but um, that is changing really, really quickly. Um, I think, you know, if you were to look at the statistics of the kinds of searches people are making now, um, you know, searches for things like sustainable products has, you know, I think tripled in the last three years. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's moving very, very quickly. So um, I would say that I reckon we're at about a three. And I think that we're going to, we're going to bust it out to hit 10 uh, over time. And it's just these kinds of conversations that are just making people aware. Because one thing we can be assured of is the majority of people are good and the majority of people don't want to exploit, you know, the planet or, or the people. So um, we've, got, we've got a great opportunity to be able to now be a part of that journey and making it easier. So I, I heard that recently, or actually I, I've seen the product um, in Bloomingdale's, but I know that Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's recently began to sell your brand in select stores. Why do you think that brand is gaining momentum in the U.S. now? I think it's gaining momentum because of um, the media. I think it's gaining momentum because of the buyers, the retailers. I mean, I, I take Nordstrom's and Bloomingdale's, for example. Um, you know, we're an unknown small brand um, coming into the U.S. And for those, you know, those kinds of retailers to take a risk on us, says something about them. Um, what it says about Nordstrom is that, I mean, we, we got launched in Nordstrom's top New York new women's store, um, you know, and it's, and it's very rare for something like that to happen. But, but it just speaks to Nordstrom. It says that Nordstrom's are genuine about wanting to create change. They're genuine about wanting to help brands that are moving in this direction. And we've had the most incredible support from them. I can't speak highly enough of Nordstrom as a retailer. Um, and then the same for Bloomingdale's and the way that their buying teams, their their sales associates have got behind our brand is, is it honestly, it blows me away. It's, I didn't expect it. And I, I think they're getting behind it because they know that one, from a, on a commercial level, eventually we're all going to have to move there. And so, you know, why not get in with brands that are innovating um, and creating a path for this to happen? Um, and also then lead lead the way from a retail perspective into this um, and make it easier for their customers to be a part of um, creating change through the products that they buy. Uh, but then from the media, 
the media know this is happening and the media are talking about this as becoming a really popular topic and it's becoming popular within industry but also within the consumer um, uh, demographic of people because um, industry, like you said earlier, want to move in this direction but don't necessarily know how. And so um, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about the ways that we're able to do it and the different technology that we can use and methods um, and, and encourage each other along that journey. And consumers also need to do a similar thing as where do I buy it and who do I buy from? There's a lot of greenwashing out there in the market. There's a lot of statements which are manipulations of the truth. And um, and that's frustrating. I find it really frustrating as a brand to be out there and see that these these crazy big statements are made um, that, that can't be um, substantiated. And uh, we as a brand will never do that. We're never going to go out there with things like you'll see 95% less water used to create this gene. Well, you won't see that from us because that's actually not possible, impossible, because a consumer reads that and they say, well, that's amazing. That's great. I'll, I'll buy this gene. But what I can tell you is what they're talking about is one particular process in creating a gene and uh, it's misleading and therefore we're never going to create change whilst we're misleading customers into buying products that aren't actually achieving those things. So it's a big space. <laughs> Pivoting a little bit, you recently launched a new equity crowdfunding campaign. What do you wish to accomplish through this campaign? Well, that was a very, uh, I mean, it was a no-brainer as far as um, we wanted to be able to fund our growth in this way. So up until now, we've been funded by private investors who have put in you know, a substantial amount of money to seeing us develop and create the kind of impact we've been able to have. But going forward, we feel like we've now opened up all the markets we want to open up and we've been working on our foundations. We've, we've not invested in the sales and marketing because we wanted to know, one, that we have the impact, that it's real true and as powerful as it can be, um, and that we actually have the ability to scale it um, with demand. And so we've gotten to this point, and now the next step is to be able to build customers, build our sales channels, which we've opened the regions, and now it's really just bringing customers into the Nordstroms and the Bloomingdales. And so there is no greater way than to be able to give this opportunity back to the people that supported us to get here. Um, the community have backed us in the most incredible way since we launched three and a half years ago. And it just seems like the right thing to do to go, well, now you can have the opportunity to buy in rather than go down the traditional road of just getting more private investment or you know, a venture capitalist firm to come in behind us. Um, and it's not that I, we have anything against that method either. It's just that we were backed by the people and now if there's an opportunity to give it back to them where they can receive a dividend off investing into our brand, then you'd be crazy not to. But the, the opportunity in this is that you create um, a network, a community of ambassadors for your brand. Um, and so the more of those that you have, um, the more success we'll be able to have in those regions like we launched Nordstrom's New York. Okay, we now talk to all our New York investors about launching into into this store and we encourage them to go down and they then buy jeans. Um, they now are owners in this business. They're obviously going to be way more committed to Outland Denim and purchasing their products and talking about it. And so I think that it's a, it's a win on every level. Um, it speaks to our brand because we've always seen it as the people's brand. You know, how we've does, never how seen does this work. I'm sorry. To, I, I'm sorry. I, sorry to cut you off. I'm just curious. So like, 
I go on my computer, just like like a typical crowdfunding campaign. I go to one of those sites. Like, I, I can I pledge any amount of money? Like, or is there a certain amount of money gets me a certain amount of equity? Or dude, this can you walk me through that process? It's yeah, yeah. No worries. It's it's actually really easy. So what happens is you will find a link. Um, it goes to a, a virtual .com. Um, you'll see Outland Denim on there, or you'll see that on our social media channels. But anyhow, you follow the link through, and it'll just say right at the moment. Um, if you want to register an expression of interest, you can do that. And so, you, you know, literally within about three minutes, you've done it. Um, you put your name, your email, your phone number. Um, and a range, there's a price range. I'd be interested in investing between this amount and this amount, um, and that could be as little as $250. Or um, you could invest up to, as a retail investor, up to a maximum of $10,000. And we're talking Australian dollars, so um, anybody in the US um, right now will be um, getting amazing value <laughs> for money um, if they were to be buying shares in, in our company. If I was to spend the the 10000 you know, max, if I was to invest the 10,000 max, what, what does that, what does that mean as now a, as an individual, individual investor in your B Corp? Yeah. So you will now own shares in our company. And so when there's dividends, you'll get dividends. Um, uh, you're a legitimate partner in what we're doing. And so it's a, um, it's a really exciting prospect, I think, for people. Um, you can also invest more than $10,000. So for sophisticated investors who are listening, there is those, those, uh, options as well and um, uh, it just means that there's one extra um, piece of paper to fill out obviously we said everybody do your due diligence on any investment that you do don't ever invest anything you can't afford to lose and um, we're very careful around those things um, we want to be a very responsible uh, company on every level and um, but we think we've got this incredible opportunity right now which is I say to I say to um you know uh those close to me is that I think this is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. And as I say, Levi's have heritage in denim and no one can ever take that heritage away from Levi's. Outland Denim has the heritage in this kind of impact model and no one can take it away from us. And so starting a business right now wouldn't quite feel as genuine or authentic because this is now a very popular way to run a business. So um, we, for that reason, think we've got such a unique opportunity to be able to have a huge part of the um, share of the premium denim market. Um, and then we'll also expand into other categories as well. So it's a, it's a big opportunity um, that we're very excited about. We've got four major international brands right now wanting to start production with us. Um, they're in different categories to us. Um, so anybody who buys in isn't just buying into a brand, they're buying into a manufacturing um, business as well that will start to manufacture brands around the world. I think it's remarkable. I mean, I think that, you know, when, when hearing your story, it's whether it's a B Corp, how you would about your incorporation, whether it's how you're handling your funding, whether it's the inspiration behind the brand, whether it's your manufacturing and supply chain operations, there's really every aspect of your business. And I'm just not saying this, James, because I'm, I'm speaking to you right now. It's really very unique. It's, it's a, you're really tackling this outside the box, you know, and I think that's in this, in this difficult retail environment um a you need to think differently when it comes to fundraising you need to have a brand that resonates with customers authenticity is very important today sustainability i could tell you as someone that looks at analytics every single day it's become something that the industry has become obsessed with i think there's still a lot of confusion around it because no one really knows as as you even said before there there isn't one certification there isn't one 
def- definition of sustainability, but I think it's it's remarkable how you're tackling this really from every angle in a very unique perspective. And um, I do wish you a lot of success. Um, just for, you know, my, my final question is just just it's a broad one, um, but. Um, give you the mic is, you know, what's kind of next for Outland Denim in 2020 and, and beyond? Yeah, well, um, I mean, that is a broad question. It's very dangerous to, to ask me broad questions. You might have to cut me off again. Um, look, I think um, for us, we're excited over the next, for the next five years because one, um, we're going to really see the, um, how much ability a brand with, with this kind of purpose has in the marketplace. And I think the market is moving so quickly that we will, um, yeah, I think that that we're in a in a prime position to to make a real statement um, to the fashion industry. Um, I also think that the fashion industry is one of the greatest um, industries, and um, the reason for that is that um, it's a it, we all wear it every day. It's very personal. We um, denim in particular, you know, it's a very personal product. It's something that you love and don't necessarily ever want to throw away uh, when you're talking about premium products. And so so that has, I think, the ability now to speak to people on a level which will influence an industry um, in a fairly dra- dr- uh, dramatic way. And then that industry, our industry, I hope, has the ability then to influence um, the wider um, you know, group of industries. Like um, we've, we've got food. I mean think about food and how we can use that to be able to challenge these these issues as well. So um, I'm excited to see what happens over the next five years in that space. But to be honest, the greatest opportunity that we face as uh, a company is to be able to offer what we now have learned um, and what we will continue to work on and innovate in to the brands with all of this power. We're talking about brands much larger than us that have a much greater reach than us um, that if they want to be a part of the change, they can partner with us for us to be able to create their products and offer, you know, the the exact same impact story, marketing, everything as we have um, to be a part of the change. And that's really where I see the greatest opportunity. Um, and and that's not just on a commercial level. I see that's the greatest opportunity where we're going to create genuine, lasting change. I love it. I really do love it. Um, and, and I'm I'm really glad that, you know, you were able to spend some time with us today. For the listeners out there that maybe this is the first time they're, they're hearing about the brand, I hope it's not. What is the website that they could visit to, to check out um, your, your, your company? If they go to Outland Denim, so O-U-T-L-A-N-D-D-E-N-I-M.com, you'll be able to check out our products there. Um, or head into Nordstrom's New York or Nordstrom Century City to see our women's jeans or a range of Bloomingdale's in New York or the West Coast um, uh, to see our men's product. Fantastic. Well, James, it's been a a true pleasure and uh, I wish you a lot of success. Thank you for your time and I hope to have you again on the show uh, soon. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care.